0: Exclamation point on a near-perfect season. Mark Jr.
1: 17, is the in Energy NASCAR Cup 17, Series 17. champion. He'll never be introduced the same way again. From now on, it'll be Will Power, Indianapolis 500 winner for 2018. Checker flag, Power and Pesky win
0: it. Kyle Busch. And here comes Larson. Larson to the bottom of the track. Try job. Trying to take the lead away the momentum the 18 they contact the 18 in the wall
1: NASCAR IndyCar and all things motorsports it's time for the left turn here on X106.7 now here's your hosts, Jacob Blair and Trevor Mayer welcome into the left turn Jacob Blair Trevor Mayer with you before we get going we do want to remind everybody that the opinions and views of the hosts of the left turn are those of the hosts and not and do not reflect the views of Northwest Missouri State or KZLX, and I think we're going to need that today after uh, what happened at Martinsville yesterday. Is there
0: stuff to talk about today? Do Do we have enough stuff to fill an hour show, or do we just have to go a half hour?
1: We, we might. We might have enough stuff to fill an hour and a
0: half today. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. A lot happening. Um. We'll get more into kind of the meat of things here. I know in a little bit we've got scheduled, but uh, Martinsville always fun. One of my favorite races on the docket. And it did not disappoint yesterday, or really all weekend it did disappoint.
1: Yeah, the the only damper on the weekend was the truck practice was rained out all day Friday. Yeah. and So they, they had the uh, always fun time of the no practice race, where all <laughs> they got was qualifying and then had to line up to go racing. So, Which is it, not
0: good for the truck series, guys. Yeah,
1: that, that generally doesn't go well. But I think maybe that led into some of the effects of the truck series race being a little bit calmer than we normally see. But we'll talk about that a little later. With the cup race, it was really interesting race how it played out the the there was a lot more that happened and we'll get to the end of the race later but even through the middle of the race there was a little bit more beating and banging there was a little bit more contact you saw with with guys that we didn't see in the spring race and uh even in stage one it you saw different guys lead there were, were a lot of different leaders in this race even though it was really dominated by Joey Logano early and often
0: yeah, 11 different lead changes. Uh, leaders throughout the race included Kyle Busch, Denny Hamlin, Clint Boyer, Joey Logano, Martin Truex, and Brad Keselowski. And I think kind of the the urgency in the mid part of the race, I think some of that had to do with throughout the whole race, there was kind of a, the threat of an incoming thunderstorm. Um, it looked like, I think towards the end of stage two, it looked like it was about a, about a half hour out. So I think teams were kind of waiting you don't you don't want to be in a situation in a bad spot when the rain comes because you never know whether or not the race will continue and I think that had something to do with some of the aggressiveness, and uh, it made made for a a pretty exciting show.
1: The good thing is the the top line came in a little bit throughout the race, just with Martin, so you can never really pass up there unless you get a situation where there's a lap car involved, but guys could hold up there. They could hold guys off. They could pinch guys down on the bottom and get good runs off the corner to hang on to a position, so it got really tough to run the bottom, and that's where we started seeing guys start putting bumpers to people which we really didn't see and some of that issue is you get a lot of tire rubs Uh, but early on in this one we we saw an incident with uh, I think it was Eric Jones and Jimmy Johnson. Jimmy Johnson went around he was able to recover midway through the race Uh, but stage one it was dominated by Joey Logano early Denny Hamlin ends up winning stage one and he looked throughout the race, was, was consistently in the top five. He looked like a guy that could play spoiler in this one and, and keep someone from m- making it to Homestead.
0: He looked like the Denny Hamlin we've seen the last couple of years, not the Denny Hamlin that we had seen this year where they've been just kind of a middle-of-the-pack car. Um, Martinsville is is one of his best tracks on the circuit. Um, I would say that, and Pocono and Darlington are some of the best city runs at. Michigan as well. And he looked all day, like you said, like he had an opportunity to really mess some stuff up in, in the in the playoff picture and um, had a good run, won a stage. I believe Joey Logano won the second stage, he picked up a lot of stage points, 19 on the day, but as it turned out, he didn't really need them.
1: Yeah, uh, the, the big part of the race is it was it was fairly calm throughout the first couple stages. There was a couple incidents here and there. There was a, a big fire with Timmy Hill's car. It's always... It's always bad to see one of those smaller teams have an issue. But the other thing on the other side of that is he got a lot of TV time with that uh, for his sponsors when Timmy Hill went up in a a big fireball and was able to get out of that race car. Uh, But set up stage three is really – there was – the interesting thing about a Martinsville race is a lot of time at the end of a race – You'll get all these split strategies because the yellows will come every five or six laps. So you'll have uh, the last 100 laps. Some guys will pit the first yellow. Some guys will pit the second. And they all like pick and choose which yellow they want to pit on. And then it really bunches up the strategy. This one, you got a, a caution with about 100 to go. You got another one with about 50 to go. And then it was it was a race to the end. Yeah, and uh, what a what a race it was to the end. And I think now we'll, we'll get to what happened there at the end of the race is... Uh, for a while, uh, the, the, within a hundred laps, Brad Keselowski came off of pit road with the lead. He ends up leading that little little stint of green flag racing. It looks like he all of a sudden has the best yeah. car. They come down for the final pit stop. He loses the lead on the pit stop to Joey Logano, and then Joey Logano gets out front. But you could tell. Very early in that final run, Joey Logano did not have the fastest car. It looked like Brad Kozlowski was going to be able to try to get around him. But then you have the the issue there with their teammates. Logano's still in the playoff. Kozlowski's not. And Kozlowski took a lot of time, really didn't use the bumper in any way, couldn't get around Logano, and that's when things really got interesting.
0: Brad Kozlowski raced him a, a lot cleaner than he would have any other driver. Uh, and there's no secret that would have been Kyle Busch or Martin Truex Jr. One of those guys, Kozlowski would have wasted well, no uh, time.
1: It, I think if Keselowski was in the playoffs still, it would yeah. have been a completely different race. I think the the sole issue with the Keselowski-Logano battle, which was early on with about 30 to 20 laps to go in that run, it, it was Keselowski not in the playoffs. You can't do anything to ruin the race of your teammate who's still in the playoffs. That would not be a fun Monday meeting. I think Keselowski is going to kind of wish maybe he you – know, you're still fighting for wins. You want to get a win for your team. Maybe he's going to look back on that saying, I could have run him a little bit harder without causing a problem. Uh, it ends up he struggles to get by Logano, and then here comes Martin Trix Jr., here comes Kyle Busch, here comes Denny Hamlin.
0: And Martin Trix Jr., somebody that hasn't historically ran well on short tracks, so he's never won track. one. Um, he did finish second at Martin's last year in the
1: fall race, but his car towards the end looked I mean, it was clear that that was the fastest car. It, it could roll the center. Really well, yes. and then the, the key to that is if you roll the center really well at Martinsville, you got to be able to get an exit off. We saw we saw that with Clint Boyer. his car was possibly one of the best cars through the center of the corner most of the race. The issue was he'd roll the center and then get tied off the corner and couldn't get under people to pass them. Martin Truex could get the drive off where he could wait, roll the center, get back to the gas a little bit earlier, and then drive on the bottom. And that's how he was able to work around Keselowski. That's how he was able to get right to the back bumper of Joey Logano.
0: And before that, him and Kyle Busch had a really good battle for for third of like those two were probably the two fastest cars. I think if Akashi would have came out in the, in the late stage, I could have really made it interesting. But he gets around Kyle Busch, and then he gets around Logano, like, or not Logano, Keselowski, rather. I can't think of how many laps was left at that time. I want to say about 10 or 15, not very many. But uh, they were also bunched up. There was a point where the top five were within a couple car lengths of each other between Logano, Keselowski, Truex, Bush,
1: and Denny Hamlin that you kept going, okay, something's going to happen here. We just don't know what. It was one of those races where a lot of times you get down to the end of a race, you've been on a long run, you sit there, and you say something to the the fact of, I really want a caution here. It would be really good to see a caution, bunch all these guys up and have a run to the finish. This was one of those races. It was a 50-lap green flag run, and you're like, no caution, no caution. Let's see how this ends. It was a great finish. Denny Hamlin was one I thought – had probably the fastest car mm-hmm. by the end of the race because he saved his stuff early. But he even said it in his interview, having his teammate be a playoff guy, he took too long getting around Kyle Busch just trying to run him clean instead of instead of moving him out of the way. That kept Hamlin from catching up to that battle. And then with six to go, Martin Truix gets the first of many runs on Joey Logano and tries to get around him.
0: What a battle that was for the final six laps, uh, door-to-door. Logano's car, did, Logano did a great job uh, of keeping it glued to the bottom. As you mentioned, Truex was, was rolling through the corners well. Um, both drivers were trying to pinch each other. I, I, I don't think there's any doubt about that, that they were trying to give each other as little room as possible without actually making contact with each other. But that was just good short-track, door-to-door racing for the the final, from six laps into, into the white flag. And then the white flag, it uh, got
1: even more interesting, didn't it? Yeah, and first, before we get to the, the whole battle, there is you, we do want to throw a, a kudos to the lapped cars. It's, yes, they did a Greg fantastic Golding. job of. I think it was Regan Smith in the ninety-five, Gray Golding, or Gigi um, Yale in the twenty-three. Not Gray Golding. Um, that there's all sorts of different drivers that drive the twenty-three. But I know that's... They, they did a really because they they understood. Hey, these guys are side by side. I can't just go high. They really, on the straightaway, pulled over to the inside, parked the car, let the five leaders go by, and then continued on with their race, which you don't see that very often. You'll see guys get out of the way, but they still try to run their line, and it'll get in the way enough where they just said, you know what, we don't want want to be the cause of of something here. Get out of the way. So kudos to them for letting these guys race it out. Uh, And Truex did an interesting thing there with with Six to go. He gets to the inside, and then we saw it with – when he was passing other guys he would kind of I thought it was gonna be a quick pass because he wasn't moving people out of the way but he'd run high on exit when he could get past the nose of another driver he'd run him high on exit wouldn't wouldn't really get into him just make it look like he was and then a driver would give up he didn't do that with Logano he stayed pinched to the bottom and they were side by side lap after lap and finally he got in the I think it was three to go he did get into the left rear of Logano once that was able when uh, Logano was able to clear him back on the outside truex got back to his inside, bumped him a little bit there, then got back to his inside, and then they were side by side all the way to the white flag lap.
0: Yeah, and I kept waiting for one of the guys to make a mistake and, and take each other out. And then, as close as they were all running, I mean, Kyle Bush, Brad Keselowski, Denny Hamlin weren't incredibly far behind. I was thinking, man, Kurt Bush might win this race and punch his way into the championship. Four, we've seen in years past that the race at Martinsville is always hectic, that final 50 laps. You think back to. Last year at Denny Hamlin and Chase Elliott, uh, three years ago when Matt Kenseth took out Joey Logano, and they come to the white flag and Martin Truex Jr. got a really great run and was able to clear Joey Logano, and you're thinking, okay, you know, it, is Logano going to be able to get to the back bumper?
1: And first, that that move by Logano to let Truex clear him is maybe the smartest yes. thing we've seen Logano do in his career. Truex did not clear Logano. Logano could have hung on the outside if he wanted to. He couldn't win the race up there. He knew that. He knew if he went onto the, it went in to turn three that final time on the outside of Truex. Truex would have run him high, and would have won the race. So he backs off on exit, gets right behind him, and then at that point, everyone knew what was coming. It seemed everyone but Martin Truex knew what was coming. You, you had to know it was coming. But Logano leads the last lap. He gets past and then puts a bumper to Martin Truex Jr.
0: Yeah, he um, he gave Martin the old chrome horn going into turn four and. Um, that's just that. That's what you. That's what I would think you would have had to expect with a guy, definitely a guy like Joey Logano, um, that he's going to do that. And he gets Truex up the track. Then they end up touching. I honestly, at that point, was expecting them to take each other both out and Denny Hamlin to steal the win, which he almost did. He came about half a car length. Yeah, from Boone, so. if the front, if the start finish line is any further down the front stretch, Denny Hamlin might have been your winner yesterday. But uh, Joey Logano edges Hamlin and Truex at the line to pick up the win and
1: most importantly punch his ticket into the championship four and that definitely played a part in the way that race ended i don't think it would have been any different be it not a playoff race it's the last lap at martinsville you, you see this at short tracks all over the country if you can get to someone's back bumper at a short track on the last lap you're gonna do it and logano did yeah. it the exact way you should you push him up the racetrack you don't wreck him like we saw denny hamlin do to chase elliott last year you move him up the racetrack martin Shrek's jr really with the way it looked as if he would have just Kept his cool and powered up on the outside. It would have been a drag race down the front straightaway. He might have gotten Logano. Instead, he decided to turn left to try to run doors. And at that point, they hit funny, and it got Truex really loose. And that's why Logano was able to get away. But really, if you're if you're Truex, when you clear him, you need to know that is coming. And then when you do get the bump, don't let it phase you. Just power up on the mm-hmm. high side because there was grip up there. There was rubber up there at that point, and go win the race.
0: Yeah, and we've seen. I always think of. When I think of the bump and run, the one that sticks out to me is Jeff Gordon and Rusty Wallace at Bristol and I think it was like oh two, where Jeff put the bumper on about four laps to go. And he knew Rusty was gonna come right back at him with it, and Rusty came like half a lap short of doing it. I mean that that's short track racing. You gotta anticipate that's gonna happen. Um both cars finished the race. It's not like last year where Chase Elliott finished on a record, both cars crossed the start finish line. And uh, it was exciting, to say the least. Whether
1: you like Joey Logano or not, he did it in the most perfect way. That is the way you perform a bump and run. There's no better way to do that. you, You get him, you move him up the racetrack, and you drive under him. And that's what Logano did. Ends up with the win. He led 309 laps. When you look at this on, like, a stat sheet, Logano dominated this race. But it really didn't feel like that as... It, it was, guys were, were up front moving around the field, and, and Lagana was just the one that was up front at the end of the race and hung on to the win, which that was impressive in itself, is having guys on his back bumper for pretty much the last 50 laps, never making a mistake. That is extremely hard to do under braking, under pressure like that, to hit your marks every single lap, lap after lap. After lap. Yeah, and he did it, and he's going to Miami. And so that puts us at. The playoff standings, but real quick, where other playoff drivers finished, Martin Truex Jr., he was third after the whole incident there. Kyle Busch finished fourth. Kurt Busch had a solid run to finish sixth. Chase Elliott, he finished seventh. Kevin Harvick, not a factor all day long, didn't seem to have the car uh, to do so. He finished tenth. Eric Almarola finished his 11th, but that was a better run than I think we saw him have early in the day, so he salvaged an 11th place finish. And then the the tough one was Clint Boyer, who finished 21st.
0: And he had a fast car early on, too.
1: And that, that's what you're saying. He, he could roll the center better than anyone, but he just he ended up getting in an incident late when he was uh, going into a corner three wide. I think Jimmy was in the middle, and he tried to outbreak the two to get to the corner first and just barely didn't clear the 48 car, and that spun him around, and that was late in the race, and that really put the, the 14 car behind for for the remaining about 100 laps
0: yeah tough day for Quint boyer um, the last couple of weeks been a little bit of a struggle for him he didn't have a terrible race at Kansas last week but not the greatest either um, and right now he's not sitting in the best of positions going into texas and phoenix and he doesn't particularly run the best at texas
1: and so when we look at the playoff standings joey logano has punched his ticket to miami so we will we will see that 22 car running for a championship in about three weeks time kyle bush is in a really good position right now 46 above the cut line martin Truex and kevin harvick both 25 points above the cut line Kurt Busch, 25 below the cut line. Chase Elliott, 31 below the cut line. Clint Boyer, 42. And then Eric Almirola sits 50. So if you're Clint Boyer or Eric Almirola, you're you definitely win. in a must-win situation. And Chase Elliott's not far behind. Ch- Chase Elliott, and this is where I say I don't think he's in a must-win yet, but he's close. Because this weekend, what we saw at Martinsville points-wise was the stage points matter almost more than the way you finish the race. Because Chase Elliott had a decent run. Kurt Busch, had a decent run. The issue there is they didn't score near, near as many playoff or stage points as a guy like Kyle Busch or Martin yeah, Trick. Yeah, you look
0: at Kyle Bush scored 16 stage points. Kurt Busch scored, I believe I have him at 12. Chase Elliott just had four stage points. So that's a big difference there, definitely for
1: Chase Elliott. So Elliott can gain those stage points back, but you look at the tracks that are left, Is you're going to assume Kevin Harvick, Martin Trick, Kyle Busch are going to earn some stage points as well. So if you're well, Chase but- Elliott... Clint Bowyer, Eric Malmerol, or Kurt Busch—you really got to think, okay, how are we going to win one of these races? And really, we we've seen all, all four of them can win races. They've all won races this season, so we'll see if uh, they, they they could play spoiler. And with Joey Logano winning, that that really kind of bumped someone out because we kind of we know we, we put Kyle Busch, Martin Truex, Kevin Harvick—they they had the best shot to get to the championship four and then we kind of said I think both you and I said Chase Elliott's the guy that'll probably get that spot so Joey Logano just knocked someone out so someone that we think is not what was going to make it is not now and you got to think is it Martin Truex is, is Kevin Harvick in trouble right now because he is struggling he's as not
0: a and, and they're not looking as comfortable as they did before um you know now at what is he 20 25 above the cut lines what we said and, and he does run really well at Phoenix he's basically on that track the last couple of years so that does help him but they've lost some speed. He wasn't a factor really at all on on Sunday at Martinsville, last week in Texas or in Kansas. They shot themselves in the flow with the speeding penalty. Same thing at Dover with some pit road problems. So they
1: just haven't they haven't had it as of lately. So it's definitely been a struggle for that four car and Martin Truex Jr. in the seventy eight. He gets a, a solid run at a track a lot of people didn't think he was going to get a good run at this weekend. So he still stays, stays twenty five above the cut line and texas being a mile and a half we know that 78 car is good there and if he runs solid at phoenix a good run at martinsville makes the the 78 car it looks a lot better for him in terms of making the championship four
0: yeah um it's gonna be interesting two more
1: races to decide what things are gonna look like at homestead and so we'll go ahead and take a quick break here on the left turn and when we come back we'll continue to talk about martinsville we're gonna dive into the incident between logano and Trucks a little bit more and ask the question is nascar just a bunch of babies now Do the left turn, Jacob Blair, Trevor Mader with you. As Trevor, we're going to continue to talk about Martinsville. (laughs) We're going to stick with the Cup Series, and we're going to dive into the incident between Martin Truex Jr. and Joey Logano and uh, talk a little bit about the post-race reaction to this. And we left everyone with the question to break, is NASCAR just a bunch of babies now? And I think that's an adequate question after what we saw with a couple interviews after Martinsville.
0: Yeah, um... I enjoyed Joey Logano's interview. Um, I know the crowd didn't, which is kind of a shame. I mean, but Joey said, I think basically what he had to say is, I was thinking about Miami. Um, Joey hasn't hadn't really shown anything this year that makes you think championship four. So for him being that opportunity, I don't think you can blame him for taking it. Martin Truex's really a. It's uncharacteristic for Truex, but I think it's about what you should expect from him, something like that. I mean, this is the second time in five races that he's been leading on the last lap and gotten taken out. So he was frustrated. I don't blame him. I, I can't think of many drivers that wouldn't have been frustrated. The interesting one to me is Kyle Busch. He had nothing to do Kyle Busch had with nothing this to- incident,
1: and of course, he had to throw his comments out there. But real quick, with Martin Truex, his interview is, he he was so frustrated, he was basically talking in yeah. sentence fragments. It was he, he didn't want to talk. You he, could tell he didn't. He really, I think we would have gotten a different interview if NBC, has, they've worked something with the tracks where the, the first time the drivers hear an interview is the NBC interview, the the ones that the broadcasters are doing. But that's not how it used to be. It used to be that the, the people at the track would hear a different interview than you would get on TV because they would get the MRN interview because that's normally what's playing at the track. Well, that has changed now this last couple of years with what NBC has done. So Martin Truex Jr. is able to hear himself at the track, give his interview, and I think that might have played a role in that he didn't want to say anything. Not that it wouldn't have looked bad on TV, but there and, and get the, the I fans. Am, but I enjoyed it, though. I've never seen – like I know Martin Truex was mad after the Roval, but I've never seen Truex – That mad. Like – if he was a different, if he wasn't able to control himself as much as he was, and say it was a Kyle Bush or, or someone like that, as as mad as he seemed to be, there probably would have been fistfights after that one.
0: Yeah, um, Truex's reaction was very interesting. Um, basically, he just said he won the battle, but he ain't winning the war. And I, was it Chris. Who was it? Was it who was it doing the NBC interview? It I think it was
1: Parker Kligerman that did the one with Martin Truex. Yeah, I
0: can't remember who it was. And they said, what does that mean? And he just said, "I'm not, they're not winning it. I'm winning it. I mean, and he was very kind of methodical with it. I mean, like you said, he kind of spoke in choppy sentence fragments. But uh, I don't blame him for being mad. It's hard, it's hard to blame him for being mad. On the flip side, I think it's hard to blame Joey Logano for doing what he had to do. And I think if, if you did not enjoy... If you watched the finish of that race yesterday and you didn't enjoy it, I strongly recommend you take up watching golf, watch curling, badminton, table tennis, ping pong, billiard, something like that. I, I strongly recommend it because that's racing. That's what it's supposed to be.
1: And if you didn't like it, get over it. And where Martin Trick's was mad as is, is he really, for all practical purposes, did didn't no, race uh, Joey Logano anything but clean. That was as clean as you're gonna see Martinsville. Be. For six laps, he worked to the inside of him, finally clears him, Logano puts the bumper to him. I understand he's going to be mad about that. Any driver but would. Any dri- time you're ready you get moved out of the way, you're going to be mad.
0: On the flip side is is we can sit here and say that, you know, Truex raced him clean for six laps, which he did. But Martin Truex wasn't running second going into turn four trying to get the win. I have a hard time believing that Truex wouldn't have probably done the same exact thing as Joe. I mean, was Truex just going to he tried it last year with Kyle Busch, couldn't get to him. Um, was Trucks just going to sit there and finish second? I don't think so.
1: No, and that's why That's why before I said I think it was the smartest decision Joey LeCano has yeah. made of his career is because if you stay out front, Trucks is going to do the exact same thing to you. Where Trucks is mad, is he's like, I raced him clean for six laps, and he puts the bumper to him. But my point and what I wanted to get to was kind of stolen by Kyle Petty, not but like 20 minutes after the race happened. But 20 years ago, 25 years ago, this was commonplace. This is how – People raced, by doing this is this is the classic bump and run and if you're gonna act like a baby when someone does it to you it's it's not the best look and i know the fans kind of side with truex because he's more popular than logano is in terms of of who like him but you know and i think it was i think it was earnhardt who said is after something and they brought this up as he says you know it doesn't matter as long as the fans are making noise and that that's a good thing is this is exactly what NASCAR needed is it's you've got a, a race where guys get into each other, they battle to the finish, and now you look at the last three races, and I, th- and I think the viewership for the last three mm-hmm. races is going to be up because now you're wondering, well, when is Truex going to get his well, revenge? And-, and and that's the thing is how is this
0: bad? I mean, what in what way is this bad for um, NASCAR? You think back to a couple years ago with, with Joey Logano and Matt Kenseth, I think that was great for NASCAR because it intertwined so many different storylines. Then you had Jeff Gordon with a chance to win in his final season. And that's what it's about is to get people interested. If you weren't entertained
1: by yesterday, then don't ever watch NASCAR again. You shouldn't because it's not for you. I mean, uh, It was really an old school race yesterday yeah. is what it was. And everyone that's like, well, we need to go back to the way it was. That's I'm one what to, it was. I'm not one to say, no, we don't want to go back to what it was because the racing wasn't close. Not Back twenty five years no. ago. There were there was races that are a lot more spread out. And, and with this race, it was an old school short track race. Guys were were right there with each other, bumper to bumper, for the last fifty laps. They put bumpers to each other. They they were vendors buckled in all race long. I think now the question is you heard Martin Trix interview, and the last time we heard someone say something like that, Matt Kenza took care of Joey Logano. The question is now is I don't think anything will happen if Martin Trix makes the championship four, but if he no, doesn't but-
0: I also don't think that, you know, let's see five laps to go in Homestead. Those two are battling for, for a championship. I don't think Martin would race him as clean as Joey did. And I, I think I think Joey's a smart enough kid that it it's not like he can't foresee something like this happening. Um, I don't think he's ever going to win a championship just because he always tends to rep somebody the wrong way. Well-
1: and that's that's the the question you've got to interpret Martin Truex's comments. Is the last time, like we said, we heard someone say something like this was Matt Kenseth. Now, granted, Matt Kenseth and Martin Truex have two completely different demeanors, but when Matt Kenseth said what he said, he meant it, and he took care of it at Martinsville. Now, Truex has said, you know, he's not going to win this championship, either. That you can either take that as you know, kind of the way I took it, as he says, I'm going to go win it now. This is my championship. Logano's not going to win it because I'm going to. But I think on that that notion, both. Instances, if Logano's in front of Truex coming to the line to win a championship, Logano's not going to win it because Truex is going to make sure to put the bumper to him. Second, if Truex isn't in the championship for, I don't know if Truex is the driver that after a couple days of cooling down, he's going to quite go to Matt Kenseth level and make sure Logano doesn't win the championship by kind of just waiting for him and taking him out at Miami. I don't think he's going like to do that. Or like Jeff Gordon did with Clint Boyer at Phoenix. Correct. But I think. I mean. I think the the idea that that could happen is going to just fuel the 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 fire for everything, and then just make Miami. You know, you've already got the it being interesting, being a championship for a race, one race for a championship. Just throw that extra storyline in there. I almost there's, can't wait for Miami. Just want to get through Texas. And there's Phoenix a as part of me possible. that
0: kind of hopes Martin Truex doesn't make the championship four. Just so I can watch the entire race at Homestead patiently, just like I did with Matt Kenseth and Joey Logano. I'll never forget. I was watching it with my grandparents, who I never watched NASCAR races with. And as soon as Kenseth got taken out, I was like, I was like, I think he's going to get Logano. And you could see it. I mean, Kenseth slows down, and I was like, Here it comes! Here it comes! And he took him out. I hope that's – Obviously, I don't ever hope for anyone to get taken out. But there's part of me that hopes that Truex doesn't make the po- doesn't make the championship four. So we see that. I will also, I'd like to point out that I think the, the format now, the points format right now, is to blame for Joe Logano's actions on Sunday. I really believe that. Um, I think part of it, too, is Joe Logano wants to win races. Joe, that's who Joey is. Joey's not afraid to put a bumper to somebody, to race someone rough, but he sleeps perfectly fine at night, and he's had a, a lot of success in doing such. So I do think, though, you take away the, cha- the championship format. Do we see the same finish? Maybe not,
1: and that's yeah. That's where just to, to clarify, when Trevor uses the word "blame," it's not blame. In no, a it's negative, a good blame. It's a good blame. It's a really good blame. It's, and I agree. This championship format is, is perfect. I don't think it needs changed for a I think long it's time. It's. I think if NASCAR has done something right in the last however many years, it's this championship format. It makes the last ten races of the season extremely exciting. This has been one of the craziest playoffs I think we've had this far. I think
0: yeah. Well, when you go back to 12, 15 years ago, you know, pre-chase era, a race like this, just another race. No one cared because right now you look at the traditional standings. uh, Kyle Busch is comfortably ahead of Kevin Harvick, and it'd just be a two-cat race between those guys. Um, Kyle Busch would have a 36-point lead over Kevin Harvick. Everyone else would be on the outside looking in. But now you've still got eight guys that have a chance of hoisting that championship trophy in Miami, and they're going to lay it all on the line. Um, And what Joey Logano did yesterday, it's no different than a football team going for two. Joey Logano went for two to try to get himself uh, a
1: chance to win, and he he converted, and he's on to Miami. And one thing we mentioned at the start of this segment, and we're going to get to now, is Kyle Busch's interview after Martinsville. And this is the interesting thing about this is he had nothing to do with what happened between Martin Truex Jr. and Joey Logano. But, of course, first, Kyle complains about his race car. There's no surprise there. He always complains about his race car if he doesn't win, but then he must he, be rough. Then, then he, uh, you he know, had I'm to sure, make a comment about the. I'm incident. sure
0: someone like Matt Benedetto is just sitting there going, "Man, I really, I would love to." You know, Matt Benedetto, I'd love
1: to have a third place car. or
0: Regan Smith or you know some of these guys or Ty Dillon even that have the talent that could do probably with that car, not quite what Kyle Busch could do, but to finish in the top ten week in and week out. I'm sure those guys sit there and go, "Man, I would." I would love to have a terrible car like Kyle Busch has. But uh, his comments with Lugano were very interesting. Um, He said it was a chicken blank move, which is interesting coming from Kyle Busch. He must have amnesia from the race at Chicago um, or basically all of Kyle Busch's career. And every time I listen to Kyle or Kurt Busch on an interview, I, I really question... I have a lot of questions like i like if they were loved as children or not, because
1: he's never happy, either one of them well he'll even complain in victory Lane sometimes yeah. about something, but you know, I, you know I understand you know from a a racing standpoint, what he was saying about his race car, you know they would throw this at it, it wouldn't respond the way they wanted to, but you still finished the race and and fourth is where I think he ended up uh, fourth or fifth
0: fourth I can't or fifth remember. you still
1: got a top five. Fourth. You put yourself in great position heading forward. You're the, the top guy in terms of points at this point, so you're in good position if you can't win at Texas or Phoenix to point your way in because we know one person at least is going to point their way in to yeah. the championship four, and then you're making these, these comments, and he didn't throw anyone under the you – know, none of his team under the bus. He just is complaining about something after having a good day.
0: He never throws his team under directly. the bus spe- yeah, directly. Um, But, I mean, do you listen to him, and the way he talks, you would think it's all him. I mean, he's got a terrible race car, whether he leads 190 laps and wins the race or if he finishes fourth. And I don't know. I mean, I think going back to the original question, is NASCAR becoming a bunch of babies? I think yes. And I think Kyle Busch is the poster baby for that. A poster baby. I think we need to get those made up at this point I mean, Uh, Cause he, those
1: and, and hand those out.
0: I get the comparison between him and Earnhardt. I, I do the way they race, but I think the difference is is Dale Earnhardt would wreck you and then just say he wrecked you, and wouldn't wouldn't try to hide it, wouldn't try to you know walk around it or make excuses. You know, he would just do it and shut up about it and and fully anticipate that the end. Same thing. I mean, if someone got into Dale Earnhardt, it was hey, that's racing,
1: and that's where I think. Logano has grown up a little bit is that's basically what he said in his interview in in the less direct ways is he said that you know I did what I had to do I moved him out of the way I expect I don't think he expects Truex to just completely wreck him later that's what I'm expecting but I I think he expects you know at this point anytime you see the 22 and the 78 next to each other Truex is not going to give any love to Joey Logano, and uh, either at Texas or Phoenix but Truex has still got a championship in mind. He can't do anything until the last race of the season because he doesn't want to wreck Logano and then get his retaliation and cost himself a championship.
0: Here's my thought process going into Homestead. is If Truex doesn't make the championship portrait, I don't think he does. He comes into Homestead probably with the mentality of Joey Logano cost me a championship. I am going to cost him a championship, too. Uh, that's kind of maybe how I
1: took his message. That was, that, his, that was the same mentality Matt Kenseth had.
0: Exactly. Um, and Chase Elliott had it last year with, with Denny Hamlin. Was, uh, and Chase Elliott had a chance still to win the race, and he still made sure that Denny Hamlin <laughs> couldn't do it. And they both, they both missed championship four. But I think his mentality now and what I, how I interpreted that was, well, kind of the if I'm not going to win it, he's definitely not going to win it. Um. Take that for what you may. Maybe that just means he's not gonna give him the leniency in the championship for that he would say a a Kyle Busch or a Kevin Harvick or maybe even a um like a like a Chase Elliott or one of those guys. Or it may mean that he's gonna go out and just make sure that Joey Logano doesn't have a chance from the get-go. Either way, it's great for NASCAR.
1: I guess that that is the final question, and we'll leave it with this final question. But if Trix is out of the championship four. Do you think there's only three competitors for the championship heading into that weekend? I think
0: Logano is still a competitor. I mean, because what I think will happen is I think NASCAR will sit Martin down behind closed doors. That's the worst
1: thing NASCAR could do.
0: I think it's the worst and the best. I I, I think NASCAR will sit him down and say, hey, we really don't want any retaliations to affect the championship. I don't agree with that. Because on the flip side, I think that's one of those things that... I mean, there's going to be a lot of people that are going to be more intrigued by that than the actual championship out. Because well, Joe Logano runs well at Homestead. He always does. I mean, Joe Logano could have... And he's been qualifying really well lately. He could have a car that that is capable of dominating the race and end up on the record.
1: And I think that the one good thing for NASCAR here is when we head to Homestead in Miami... A lot of people, and this is the way a lot of people watch the races now, is they tune in for the final 50 laps. You don't want to do that in Miami. I don't at
0: Homestead. I never do at Homestead. Even
1: at Homestead, sometimes you can tune into the final 50, you get the gist of what happened. You're going to want to watch all 267 laps at this point to see what's going to happen. I'm someone that, like, like you would watch the whole thing anyways, I was, but you, you, we don't know when or if this is going to come from Truex.
0: I've been happy the last couple of years because... The Chiefs and the NASCAR race at Homestead have not conflicted. Like the Chiefs either played on Sunday night or they've had a bye or like this year they should have played on Monday night. But, uh, yeah, you're going to want to tune into the whole race because at any point during the race, if those two are door-to-door or beside each other, if Truex isn't racing for the championship, he might not be too kind. And I think that's I think that's great. Um,
1: I don't see what's wrong with it. So, unfortunately, we only have a one-hour show and need to go ahead and take another break and give the trucks a little bit of love. Just a so. little bit. We'll take a break here from the left turn when we get back we'll stick at Martinsville but we will uh talk some truck racing here on X106 welcome back into the left turn Jacob Blair Trevor Mater, with you for about the next 15 minutes and we'll stick it at Martinsville but now we'll turn to some truck racing as the truck race was unfortunately not near as exciting as the cup races. It was the Johnny Sauter show for 200 laps. He led 148 laps, one stage one, stage two, and the race. Might Snyder tried to make it interesting for about a corner. Uh, but other than that, Johnny Sauter looked like he had a different truck than everyone else.
0: Yeah, and you, know, you, you touched on just a little bit in the opening of the show that with the practices getting rained out, um, really they hadn't had much track time. And I, I think... Johnny Sauter winning kind of shows that because even though it was a fairly calm race for the truck series at Martinsville Johnny Sauter's turn, with the exception of maybe Matt Crafton, the most laps of anybody at Martinsville um, and it was kind of a race where his experience showed. He uh, put on a, a pretty good old-fashioned whooping on, on the field uh, won, Did he win all three stages? All
1: three stages and I think some of that also plays into the fact of uh, I think teams need to stop showing up to racetracks with new setups yeah. Because what they did is they brought a new setup to the racetrack. Similarly, Noah Gragson brought a new setup to the racetrack. There were a lot of guys that wanted to try some new stuff. And uh, Johnny Sauter, and like this is the difference. Noah Gragson kept the new setup on, was working on it through the race. Johnny Sauter, they took the new setup off the truck, put on the old setup that has been working there for so many years for him. And he becomes the winningest truck series driver at Martinsville with his fourth win, dominates the race. It was a, a late restart where Myatt Snyder threw a dive bomb on Johnny Sodder. I mean, went in there, and I was like, Well, Johnny Sodder, you had a good run, but uh, have fun on a record because I didn't think Myatt Snyder was going to make the corner. But the uh, young man kept the, the truck under him. Johnny Sodder did kind of his spotter, and he kind of saw it coming, and he was moved up a little bit. Myatt Snyder took the lead as there was an incident behind them. He led seven laps under caution, and then promptly on the restart, Johnny Slaughter took care of business, drove right back around Myatt Snyder, and that was the end of the race. Brett Moffitt had a good run. After struggling most of the day, you kind of were wondering where that 16 car was. He was probably the most patient driver on the racetrack. He finished second. Myatt Snyder finished third. Ben Rhodes, another solid run for him, finished fourth. Kyle Benjamin finished fifth. Justin Haley.
0: Good run for Kyle Benjamin, by the way. I think that's his first in that 17
1: car? He finished, I believe, runner-up at the Martinsville Spring Race for the Was trucks. he in the 17? I believe he was in the 17 as well. That's for uh, David Gilland racing there. He but finished
0: second in the 54, Martin.
1: Same team. Gotcha. Yeah, same team, different number. Justin Haley finishes sixth, uh, the... The third best playoff driver continues his strong run in the playoffs. Noah Gragson finishes seventh. Harrison Burton, eighth. Christian Eckes finishes ninth. Timothy Peters finishes tenth. Your other playoff drivers, Matt Crafton, finished 13th. Grant Enfinger finished 14th. And the way that sets up your playoff points now is Johnny Sauter has locked himself into the championship four at Homestead. Noah Gregson, he is 24 above the cut line. Brett Moffitt, 15 above the cut line. Grant Enfinger, only two above the cut line in the fourth and final position right now. Justin Haley, two back. And Matt Crafton sits 10 back.
0: I think the real battle is for that fourth spot. Um, Sauter already clinched. Gregson. Gregson has some consistency issues at times that maybe he's in some trouble brett moffat's been running just good enough that you forget about him but yet he's still running really well I and mean, he finished second this week but that battle and finger i think i think justin haley has been one of the fastest cars as of late but uh he's two points out of the matt crafton just has done nothing this year to to warrant getting you the championship for and that's
1: something that is shocking, but Matt Crafton has not had the speed all season long. It's not this issue that they've had for the last five races. It's he's just not been good all season long. He barely snuck into the playoffs. He's been struggling throughout that. Justin Haley, Grant Enfinger, consistently outrunning him at this point. And Justin Haley, to me, has of the the four, five, six guys has the fastest race car, race truck to work into the top four. But I think that the battle between him and Enfinger will last the entire. Uh, well, and resting this round. And finger
0: one at Las Vegas, and we're going to Texas, which is pretty similar to, to especially Las Vegas. especially
1: after the uh, repave there at yeah. Texas. But I, uh, I think Gregson, like you said, he's inconsistent a little bit. But I think it, with with the trucks, I think at twenty four above, he's going to be safe. Brett Moffitt, unless something crazy happens to these guys. Grant Enfinger, Justin Haley, Matt Crafton—they're not going to go up there, finish second and second, and, and two stages at Texas, and then finish third and close that gap. They just haven't shown that speed. I know Enfinger can win a race, but he seems to come on late in races. You're kind of like Enfinger—you look at the rundown, and he sits there at like 11th or 12th, and then all of a sudden, stage three—it's oh, Enfinger's third, and then Justin Haley—the the way he's been this season—is other than the race, uh, his win—he um, he sits there. He just You'll look at the rundown. He's just seventh all race long. It's kind of the same way it was at Martinsville Forum. And Matt Crafton, it's just not had the speed at all this season. You look at the last ten
0: races for Haley, 6th, 10th, 9th, 5th, 9th, 6th, a win, 3rd, 4th, 6th. Pretty good.
1: Yeah, that, that's enough to work his way into, into it's like a, a championship Daniel style yeah. right there. Uh, so... Interesting there for uh, the truck series is, again, it was dominated by Johnny Sauter. That's the best word for it. Uh, led Other other than, like, the first 30 laps of the race where pool sitter Todd Gillen kind of got out front, then there was a caution. They pitted, and that handed the lead over to Johnny Sauter. Sauter stayed out to win the stage. And once they gave Sauter the lead, that was pretty much the end of the race. He led 148 total laps Mm -hmm. in the day. So that will... Take us to Texas, where finally now the final three races of the season, all three series will be running at all three of the same tracks, all on the same point in their playoff situation. So it gets really easy for us trying to not worry about Our where time. guys are in their their playoffs. So we'll start. With the preview of Texas, it's still a, a repaved track, so still a, a difficult racetrack there with the new configuration at Texas. But the Cup Series will be running a AAA Texas 500. It'll be Sunday at two o'clock. It is 334 laps on the NBC Sports Network. And as we mentioned before, and the points are pretty separated in the Cup Series. But uh, Trevor, who do you think wins at Texas? I think Chase Elliott.
0: Um, he's kind of he's been consistent. Uh, he's won two of the last four races. He runs pretty well at Texas, and I think he gets a win and punches his ticket to the championship four. And then I think that puts Martin Truex Jr. in a must-win situation, come as as well as Amarola and Boyer
1: and Kurt Busch when we get to Phoenix. Yeah, I think Chase Elliott is a good pick, and just for uh, I think he he would be my pick as well. But I'm gonna I'm gonna make it a little bit different. I'm gonna go Martin Truex Jr. Uh, that team will be oh, a little bit I hope more. Not. I know you hope not, but I think that team will be fired up. They'll roll on that. They'll make a statement. And Martin Truex Jr. It's a track that suits him. That the seventy-eight team likes smoother mile and a half. It's Kevin Harvick in the four car that they, they're really good on the rougher mile and, and a half. Kyle
0: Busch, but, well, but I think
1: Kyle Busch. I think it'll be a race between Kyle Busch, Martin Truex Jr., and Chase Elliott. We'll we'll see how it ends up. I think any of the Fords could throw their name in there. I don't think you can count out Kozlowski or Lagonda or even a guy like Ryan Blaney uh, out of the, the playoff. I, I don't think you can – I think Texas is the race that if there's going to be someone that plays spoiler, we said maybe it could be Denny Hamlin at Martinsville. But if there's really a race where you, you got guys that could play spoiler, I think it's this week. Ryan Blaney, Brad Kozlowski, Denny Hamlin's been running a lot better as of late. Kyle Larson, he needs – to get some good runs to go to next year. I think this is a race where Jimmy we could Johnson see someone runs, play
0: spoiler. Jimmy Johnson as well at Texas. I think it's also worth noting, Chase Elliott right now, best average finish among drivers at Texas with at least five starts. Average finish is seventh. So this is a, and, he's led and he's only led nine laps there, though. So maybe he can finally capitalize on his good runs at Texas and get the win. What about mm-hmm. in the Cups here in the, the Xfinity Series?
1: The Xfinity Series will be running the O'Reilly Auto Parts 300. It'll be Saturday at 3:30, 200 laps on NBCSN. And this one, we we saw Kansas was the last time we saw the Xfinity Series, and that was quite a crazy race. Is yeah. Justin Allgaier, Christopher Bell, Cole Custer, and Austin Sindrick all involved? And I think this is a bounce back race for Christopher Bell. He probably would have won at Kansas. Let's be completely honest in that 20 car. I think he wins at Texas, and and all the issues from Kansas don't matter for him anymore. And I think Justin Allgaier is someone that we're going to be really worried about going into Phoenix. I agree with
0: everything you just said, and I don't think that's ever happened before.
1: It's a twenty car; it's just really fast in the Xfinity series. We've seen that for a while, but Christopher Bell to me is someone that is ready for a Cup Series mm-hmm. ride right now. He's only one above the cut line. Elliott Sadler's 14 above the cut line. One thing is Daniel Hemrick did get a 10-point penalty after Kansas, so he only sits 13 points above the cut line. I believe his ride heights were too low on that race car, on the front of that race car, so he got a 10-point penalty. Tyler Reddick, 11 points above. Christopher Bell, one above. Matt Tift, one below. Justin Allgaier, five below. Cole Custer, 23 below. And then Austin Cedric is and is 43 below and if you're just an you're not panicking too much yet but if you're Cole custer 23 below the cut line you're this is an extremely important win. race to maybe make phoenix not be a must win and gain some of those points back
0: yeah and he runs well at phoenix but you've got to get a really good run and maybe hope for a little bit of problems as well from the other guys
1: so it'll be in, in, like, I think Austin Sendrick. I don't think he's got the, the speed to necessarily go up there and win a race in the 22 car, and he's a long ways back in the, the 43. But Daniel Hemrick, we we know he's extremely consistent. Do you think Texas is a racetracker? Even I, I think Phoenix will suit him better, but we've seen him run good on mile and a half. So do you think Daniel Hemrick is going to be someone that can challenge Christopher Bell this weekend? I don't think it matters. I don't think Daniel Hemrick's ever going to win an Xfinity race. I don't... I I want him to get one of these last I three, so he doesn't go into the Cup Series with that that notion on him. If he wasn't able to win in the Xfinity Series, I think that'd be a bad uh, thing to put on his back to take. There being a, you were winless in the Xfinity Series, now you're stepping up to a Cup ride in a in a car that we haven't seen. But you Piper know, wins you know who else and,
0: was winless going into their Cup career in the Xfinity Series? Kyle Larson. He turned he turned out all right. Not that's. that's Obviously, they're totally different types of drivers, but that's not always the best measurement for success. The fact that he's been consistent, um, he's always right there around, that's something that if you can keep that up in the Cup Series, like Chase Elliott did, you're going to find yourself, or Ryan Blaney, you're going to find yourself
1: wins. And so the the last question for the Xfinity Series is, Elliott Sadler rolls in to Texas, basically the number one seed for this race. He's 14 above the cut line. Do you think that's enough of a gap for Sadler, because he's extremely consistent, he hasn't had the speed to win races this year, but he's extremely consistent. Is that gap enough for him to hang on to a championship four spot?
0: Probably, but with stage points, 14 points really isn't that much. I mean, that's the difference between a guy finishing fourth in two stages and you finishing 11th right there. Um, so he's not, I'm going to say no, but not a confident no. Yeah.
1: So that is the Xfinity series. And the final race on the truck or for the Texas Weekend will be the Truck Series race. That race will be Friday. It's the Jagged Middles 350. It's 350 kilometers, not 350 miles. They like to mess with us that way. It'll be at 730. It's a whole, only 147 laps. It's a short truck race, one of the short, shortest to run all season long. So, Trevor, who do you think wins this one?
0: Give me my boy, Brett Moffat.
1: That's right. I've where got it, I've got no breakdown of it. Just give me Brett Moffat. That, that's kind of where I was leaning as well. But I think a mile and a half. It's hard to the KBM trucks. That seems to be where they're fastest. Is mile and a half so They bring the best speed. And one of the the key things about the truck series is they're starting to phase in the, the Ilmore NASCAR spec engines versus the built engines and, and the, all the Toyotas. So Moffat as well as the KBM trucks are still running TRD engines, and they're not under the Ilmor program. And that seems to give them an advantage on the mile and a half a little bit more takeoff speed they they take they they get up to speed faster and then they just seem to have more speed so I think it'll be a race between a a Noah Gregson and a Brett Moffat can I give you my spoiler pick sure Ben Rhodes that's a good one as well and there and that that Ford and and it'll be a big one for him is he's someone that you know we're we're waiting for him to really in that 41 truck he, he looks like someone that could eventually become a really good driver we're just kind of waiting for him to to make that step and he just kind of seems to be stalled out uh, in the truck series right now it'd be interesting to see i, I think to see that uh, 41 car good day xfinity ride next year in ben Rhodes. i agree so we'll go ahead and uh, end a little bit early here on the left turn thanks everyone for tuning in it was a fun weekend at martinsville again joey logano Worked his way into the championship for the Truck Series. It was Johnny Sauter winning the race. Both kind of dominated the races, but a lot of drama with the Cup Series races. Martin Truex Jr. and Joey Logano have created a storyline we will get to live through in the next three weeks. Again, thank you for tuning into The Left Turn. For Trevor Mader, I'm Jacob Blair. We'll be back next Monday at 2 o'clock here on X106.